welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante, along with Dustin Hopkinsmith. And a very happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Glad you're choosing to spend some of that time with us. Right, Dusty? And just for you, I'm going to try to use my most sultry, seductive voice. <laughs> how, was, how was that? Oh, phenomenal. It's gotten, and with, with the caveat that that voice and pretty much all my other things have gotten me nowhere in life. So take it with a grain of salt. It was either your sultry voice or your serial killer voice, one or the other. I'm not quite sure which. But... Fine line, my friend. Fine line. <laughs> Let's move on. We've been talking about the class of 22, going in depth with each player, taking a look not only what our expectation levels are for them right away, but through their Penn State career, try to project where where that goes. We've been hitting mostly the specialty people on the offensive side, and I'm going to keep going with that theme, Dusty. The next guy, and I think is a real interesting prospect, and that's Jerry Cross. He's the tight end recruit out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I got—I don't recall too many Penn State recruits coming from Wisconsin. Made his commitment um, pretty early. I believe he was there for the transition of coaches at tight end, and an interesting build to him: six foot six. 245 pounds, he's an interesting uh, tight end prospect. And he definitely falls under that category of of guys. And Penn State has him listed at 6'5", 255 right now, uh, where just for comparison's sake, Theo Johnson's 6'6", 256, Tyler Warren's 6'6", 252. So Penn State's got a little bit of a type here, and Jerry Cross fits that mold. Um, he, he's a guy um, coming out of high school. I mean, there's a lot of really athletic tight end talents who aren't really asked to do all that nitty gritty stuff because they're so good and they're so much bigger, stronger, and faster than everybody else. Let's just split you out wide and make it impossible for anybody to cover you. And when if somebody's on you, we're still going to throw it to you anyway. Um, so his usage in high school, you you know, probably unsurprisingly. Uh, was much more as a jumbo wide receiver. And he um, he has shown, I think, through all that, that he moves very, very well. And then he, he can be a difference maker down the seams in the middle of the field. Um, kind of like the, we saw Theo Johnson being used. Um, Theo Johnson had, didn't see a ton of targets uh, this past season, but he was put in positions where he could make a play 15 or 20 yards down the field, or he could run after the catch or kind of hurdle the guy. I mean, Jerry Cross looks like he's got a lot of those same abilities. I think Theo Johnson, you know, uh, is a cut above a lot of guys, and I think he's a cut above athletically um, Jerry Cross. But um, Jerry Cross, his bread and butter right now is absolutely getting down the field, and and, uh, I think he's going to be a mismatch for smaller safeties. He's going to be a mismatch for slower linebackers. He's going to be what you want in a tight end. It's just kind of a matter of, 
when is he going to do that? How does he develop to a point where James Franklin is satisfied with his ability to, to do all the other things? Because Penn State is not going to budge from asking its its tight ends to to be able to block and to um and to be in, in inside at, at the at the line of scrimmage and an extension of the offensive line. So that's where you you are going to need to see some progress from Jerry Cross. And he's also uh, entering a pretty crowded tight end room. There, a year ago, we saw them playing three tight ends uh, substantially. And all three of those tight ends are back, along with a couple other guys who are returning. So it might is he a target to be redshirted this first year? It would be a surprise if, if he if he's uh, not redshirted this year, just because. Okay, Tyler Warren's a redshirt sophomore. Clearly, they really like him. They had him as a as a um, fairly prominent part of that rotation, more than I expected. I would say this past year, and that's not even looking at the Tyler Warren Wildcat package that uh, worked once and they chased that for an entire year. But anyway, uh, Theo Johnson is is a true junior. Brenton Strange is a redshirt junior. I think between. Uh, Jerry Cross and Khalil Dinkins, you're going to see a bit of a competition there to see, okay, who, how do you jockey for position whenever one of those spots does open up? Um, Brenton Strange, I mean, him being a fourth-year junior, um, I'm not sure if he's uh, if he's quite, and he's not a, a, a can't-miss prospect for the NFL or anything at this point, but uh, you know, it's possible that he moves on after this year. Uh, it's possible that Theo Johnson moves on after after this year if he kind of continues that trend of being the better looking Penn State tight end and and he gets a more prominent role this year and has a really nice year. NFL teams are going to love him. He could end up moving on. Uh, I think Tyler Warren uh, probably still needs a year beyond this one to to get a more prominent role and show that he um, what he can do. But you know there there's a a a sliver of a chance at least that all three of these guys back are back again for another year. They all have the capability of doing that. So uh, to me, it just comes down to, okay, how much progress did Khalil Dinkins make last year behind the scenes? He's a, he's a pretty good athletic guy, but right now he's listed at six, four, 226 pounds. Uh, where does that factor into things? Jerry Cross from a physique standpoint is a lot closer uh, to being, you know, a, a prominent tight end, it would seem, than Khalil Dinkins. So th- I'm watching those two guys and seeing, okay, can can Jerry Cross ex- establish himself pretty quickly as the next guy at tight end? Yeah, it, it's it's crowded. There's guys in front of him. But we've seen where Penn State is not afraid to put those receivers out there as freshmen. If you show that you have a special skill unique to the room, you could be out there and play. Reality is, with the three guys who've been rotating last season with uh, someone else ahead of them or getting there first, it's going to be a tough road for him. But I don't think it'll be very long before he ends up on the field and is a factor for Penn State. Um, Let's go uh, to another player here that I'm real curious to see play, see on the field, and that's Omari Evans, um, wide receiver slash athlete um, out of Texas. I think he was even playing quarterback at his high school. Uh, six foot, 170 pound, may not have been the most highly regarded, highest rated wide receiver in the world because of playing other positions in high school. But the fact is, this kid's a burner. He's got speed. 
And if you start with that one factor, that's a pretty good starting spot for a wide receiver. And that's what Penn State really likes about him. You know, he, he's got he's got exceptional speed. Um, six foot one seventy. I mean, I, I think they're going to try to nurture that. They're going to try to get him a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, without compromising on the speed. The fact that he arrived in January helps his case a little bit. But absolutely, all the way, how far can that speed take him? Um, in the wide receiver room, I think in the return game, I think uh, in special teams, maybe on the on the punt coverage team. I mean, he could find his way into a role pretty early in his career, and I think that's going to be what happens. I, I think you're going to see him have to work and solidify his frame a bit uh, in year one. There's not really much of a need to press him unless they really like him that much on special teams that they can they consider burning his red shirt. I wouldn't be surprised by that. When you think about uh, losing AJ Litton, uh, when you think about uh, losing Drew Hartlob from the from the special team, that's a lot of speed on punt coverage that's gone from last year's team. Uh, Omari Evans can kind of replace some of that. Drew Hartlob was, I, I think I've heard that he was the fastest guy on the team. And A.J. Litton was super fast, too, in that one year that he spent on, on campus. So, you know, would Penn State consider, even if it's a role like that, um, using Amari Evans right out of the gates? You know, I, I'm curious, but um, I would anticipate that he red shirts, that he builds his, his frame up a bit more, and then we see that speed unleashed. I mean, there, there are, are some things that, as much as I love Caden Saunders and that quickness and what he could do in the slot, uh, if I'm looking for a guy who I'm saying, hey, go deep, make one move, one cut on a post, go deep and use that speed, I would take Amari Evans first because I think when it comes to long speed, 40 yards plus, he's the fastest guy in this class and he might pretty early in his career be the fastest guy on the team. Yeah, I see where he was uh, tested at. He has 4-3, 40-yard speed. And by the way, I love these guys who played quarterback in high school because they're just the best athlete. You want the ball in their hands, even if you know that's not where he's going to play at the next level. I feel like there's that extra knowledge that comes from playing quarterback, knowing the rest of the offense. But it also says there's probably more room for growth also at his ending up collegiate chosen position. I, I think that's something with wide receivers that, that – we um, take for granted a little bit is their need to understand the entirety of the, of the offense, their need to be able to interpret how their man is covering them and what coverage their the other, the other defense is in, because you've got to be able to make adjustments and communicate. And if you've got options on your route, you've got to be able to read that, and make the right option. If a, if a guy has outside leverage, it's going to influence how you get off the line of scrimmage. If he's got inside leverage, it's going to do the same thing. Uh, Omari Evans, you know, having that quarterback experience, but he also is a super high GPA kid. I don't remember what exactly his GPA was, but he's incredibly smart and he's incredibly fast and he's got some quarterback experience and he's got that 4-3 speed. I mean, there's really a lot to like about his raw skills coming in here. Um, it's just kind of figuring out where he fits in. You know, if Penn State needs a guy who's a deep threat, uh, Malik Mega could be that guy. Omari Evans could be that guy. And I like your thought on being a special teams performer. Again, with that kind of speed on both punt and kick coverage, especially punt coverage, so important. And then, uh, 
you know, will that speed, is there enough speed that it's a difference maker? Could he be a guy that comes in right away? But probably more likely his ETA is going to be 2023, right? That, that's what I would say. ETA 2023 with so many guys, you know, Liam Clifford and Harrison Wallace and Caden Saunders coming in, Mitchell Tinsley coming in. I mean, Penn State looks like they've got a legitimate six, seven, eight deep at wide receiver of guys that, that look like they could emerge as players that James Franklin trusts. And then, you know, when, when it comes to special teams, I'm not sure you burnish red shirt, a red shirt for a guy just to be on punt coverage. Uh, could he, you know, there's a punt return job open. Um, could he establish the consistency and trust required that Penn State knows that he's going to first and foremost catch the ball 100% of the time and make the right read and be able to communicate with his um, punt team in front of him about where the ball is? I mean, there's a lot of important things that go into that punt return job that I'm not sure a true freshman, no matter if he's a burner or not, you're going to trust him with that. So that, that'd be something to watch. But I, I think, you know, maybe as a redshirt freshman in 2023, He's a guy that you can use a little bit on on offense, but he's a guy who maybe plays on special teams out of the shoots and grows into an offensive role a little later in his career. But again, another one of those guys that I'm really anxious to see play. Might not be for another year. Maybe he'll just get in a couple games with that uh, four games you're allowed to play with your red shirt. But definitely one of those explosive players that, as a fan, Looking forward to seeing. All right, Dustin, that's it for quarter number three. Stick around in quarter number four. We're going to dig deep into a Manny Diaz defense analysis. Stick around for that. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hardy souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. 